All right, let's cheers. Cheers, friend. Boom. Here we go. Mm. What are you drinking, Tom? Okay, so I've picked up Evil Genius Beer Company, and this is their Purple Monkey Dishwasher Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter. Dishwasher? Yeah. Okay, did they make it in a dishwasher? Um, I don't know. What do you think? Because I think it's pretty <laughs> it, good. It doesn't taste like it's made in a dishwasher, but then again, say, I don't know. Some people keep their dishwasher pretty clean. I mean, that's true, but this doesn't... I feel like if you were drinking something from a dishwasher, it would be like dishwasher quality, like probably not very good. And the, this definitely you tastes... You said chocolate peanut butter porter? Yes, that's what How this is. How can you go wrong with that? Mm. Which is weird, because it's called the chocolate peanut butter porter, but then underneath it says ale with natural flavors added. So is it an ale, or is it a porter? It's beer. Yeah. Let's drink it. True. I mean, listen, it's got a 6.7% <laughs> alcohol fit rating, so... Alright, well, that's enough for it's, me. Alright, so George... We want to introduce ourselves, and yeah, we want to do the we want to do the sign on. A hundred percent. Let's, let's go. Okay, let's see. Hope we don't fuck this up. You've got George. You've got Tom. You've got another, another podcast, podcast coming. coming. Here we are to talk about the legendary heavy metal band, one of the originators, Judas Priest. I mean, what can you really say about Judas Priest that hasn't been said a million times? Like, oh, they really well, that's know the thing. Oh. It, I don't think enough has been said, Tom. Interesting. Okay. So, when I first pitched the idea for this podcast, I got the question, well, why would you do a podcast just about Judas Priest? I remember and, I asked you that. And I think the more important question is, why does this podcast not already exist? Okay, so my whole thing is that you're definitely the more knowledgeable on Judas Priest than I am. I'm sort of like their least dedicated biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> and that is totally cool. Yeah. We're at uh, we're at slightly different spots in our musical journey, and that's fine. We both share a mutual love of metal, beer, and hanging out. And we're going to have a great time. Yep. And I do know quite a lot about Judas Priest. And if you listen to this podcast, you will too. I think, okay, so here's where I think this will be good. It's like you have the much more analytical mind and I just feel everything. So I think yep. if we combine those two together, I think, well, there's a lot of introspection about this band that I think it'll be pretty good conversation. Yeah. And there's really so much to talk about when it comes to Priest, you know, 18 albums, over 200 songs, mm -hmm. and a full 50 years of history mm -hmm. where they've gone through so many different phases and tried so many different things. They're a very interesting band, and I've listened to some great podcasts in my time about Metallica, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, and I wasn't able to find one on Priest, but I decided, I feel like we could do this. I, I agree, 100%. And... This is kind of an untapped market at the moment, so it's a good time to get this off the ground. Sure. More so because Judas Priest deserves to be known. Like, their story deserves to be told, I think. Absolutely. And obviously, you know, there are books and crappy documentaries, <laughs> but this podcast will just be a lot of fun. Mm. It's going to be two Priest fans drinking some beer, listening to metal talking about metal and we hope to entertain you and not bore you mm -hmm. and if you're a hardcore judas priest fan and you want to hear all the songs get talked about and even more stuff dedicated to the history of the band what they're doing now where they've been where they're going you know we want to cover it all and along the way 
we hope that we'll be able to introduce you to some new ideas and perspectives and get a good dialogue going too. Very well said. Why don't we talk about a little bit of our history with the band. Okay. When did you start listening to Priest and how were you introduced to them? So my dad was really my intro to rock and roll basically. When I was a really young kid, my dad showed me Guns N' Roses and Metallica. That was nice. really, you know, Bon Jovi, bands of that nature, you know, mm-hmm. dad rock. So sure. I had a pretty good introduction, and then later on in my life, when I was a teenager, probably when I was about 12 or 13, really started getting into metal in a big way. Nice. And my dad was the first person to show me Judas Priest, and he showed Ooh. me You've Got Another Thing Coming, which mm-hmm. is a song that I really fell in love with. But here's a funny thing, is that my dad showed me Judas Priest, and I got him into Judas Priest. I don't know that if this is so makes, great. Because, <laughs> because yeah, go on, go on. Later in life, I showed him Priest songs that he'd never heard. Sure. And he, me and him would jam out on job sites listening to it. It was great. That's so cool, man. Yeah, man. So it's kind of an interesting thing, like right. a weird um, relationship we have with the band. It's that is interesting. It's a, a band like Priest where they're sort of rife with the opportunity to do that because they have persisted into the modern era. And so it's like, hey, Dad, did you know Priest is still around? Have you heard this fucking song, Firepower? It slays. Jesus Christ, dude. That song, I, this is a term that I coined, by the way, is monsterful. Which, by the way, is a mashup of monstrous and masterful. Monsterful. Yeah, boy. So <laughs> that's a term that I'm hoping in, like, 60 years will be added to the lexicon. Yeah, well, you, it works to describe a lot of priest cover art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, all words are made up, and someone had to be the first, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you shoot for the moon, at least you can land on top of a mountain. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to have to be a pretty short mountain. I can't jump too high. <laughs> I'll tell you that I guess I have a similar story, also a connection through my father. I was maybe 13, 14 years old or so. I wasn't really into music at the time. I didn't quite dig the music that was popular in the era I was growing up. One day, just out of nowhere, I was sitting in my room and my dad comes in with two big old shoe boxes and he says, Hey, I just found all these CDs. Here, you take them. And just <laughs> and drops them. And he dumped them all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, this this box was a treasure trove full of classic albums from Van Halen and, oh, who else? Zeppelin, one through four, physical graffiti, and... Let me ask you a quick question before you continue. Did he have Frampton Comes Alive? Sadly, no. Oh, what? Isn't that more of a mom album than a dad album? Dude, that was everyone's album. Everyone Uh, had that album in the 70s. Was it the 70s? They say that's one of the classic live albums of all time. Yeah. And speaking of which, we'll be talking more about that because we love Judas Priest live. Yeah, we saw them. What was it, 2018 that we saw them? That's right. And it was the Firepower Tour. Mm. So going back to my history with Priest... They were the first band I ever saw live in concert. No shit. Well, absolutely. Mm. So I got those CDs. There was Hellbent for Leather, British Seal, Mm. a few more. And I started to really dig it. And it happened to line up at just the right timing for me where 
Halford was rejoining the band at that time. They went on their big reunion tour and they released their comeback album, Angel of Retribution. I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta see this. I gotta be in on like this part of history. You know, it's a big reunion. And sure enough, I went to that concert in Mohegan Sun Arena. I'll never forget that it was the loudest thing that I ever heard in my life. In my 14 or 15 year old mind, <laughs> I got scared. Like, holy shit, can I handle this level yeah. of volume? Like, should I be here? Do I have to run away? But obviously, <laughs> I, I was not missing Priest. So, I don't know, man. Like, regardless of the ear damage you might take. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think I heard right for at least a week, maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what a fucking amazing experience I had. They ripped through 20 classic songs yeah. and some new ones as well. And I guess in a similar boat to you, you know, my father was hearing these songs and like, wow. Not only are these guys still around, but they're still really rocking. Yeah. They haven't lost any of their talent. None whatsoever. And you were very lucky because at that reunion tour was probably one of the last tours with um, K.K. Downing and Glenn Tipton. That's right. Yeah. See the blonde flying V-man in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, like when you and me saw them in 18... Um, it was Richie Faulkner, who's yep. a master guitarist sure. in his own right, and Andy Sneap, who had just joined the band. Yep, and we have been Andy Sneap fans for yeah. kind of a while. Yeah. As a producer, he's done some albums that happen to rank up on our favorites, like uh, Exodus's later discography, all those albums, starting with Atrocity Exhibition. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, uh Tempo of the Damned, that, I'd say. Oh, yeah, that too. So Tempo of the Damned through Atrocity Exhibition. Is Was that just, all Andy Sneap? I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay, yeah. but point being, you know, we've been, we've known about Andy Sneap for a while, and we've liked him for a while, and he's got the chops. Mm-hmm. You know, say what you will about how Judas Priest is lacking a couple original members, mm-hmm. but the performance quality is still there. You know, I've seen the band three times. It was 05... 08 and 2018 for the firepower tour and the firepower tour was the best by far and it seems pretty phenomenal how they've got this new sort of second wind or 10th wind or whatever number wins they're on <laughs> Dude, no, just, they have like a, their career is 50 years long sure this has got to be like maybe like their double digit next wind you know of course and they are surprisingly looking more energetic than they ever have in maybe since the painkiller era. Here's what I love is that the spirit of Priest is still there when you go to see them. Absolutely. You know, there are some bands that have almost no original members to their lineup, and you get the sense that the energy just isn't the same. I saw Mayhem in 2015, I want to say, and... Their only original member is Necro Butcher. Yeah, and when I think about Mayhem, it's like, yikes. Yeah. Who's even in that band? Aren't they all dead or in jail? <laughs> well, this... Uh, and- <laughs> I'm kidding. Mayhem is good. I like Mayhem. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I'm not even going to front as the fucking, like, cliche, token, Satanist, black metal head. Like, I got to say, I like Mayhem, so... Yeah. But and, what hey, say- listen, you're a big, you know, black metal head, yeah. and you... You like your death metal, and we both love our thrash. Oh, uh, dude, but yeah. We are both united by a love of Priest, and 
metalheads around the world, no matter what sort of subgenres they're into, yeah. a lot of them can usually agree on Priest being one of the founding fathers, one of the classics. So why is there no, no other podcast? Why are we the first? I well, just to we'll take that sorry. opportunity for you. Uh, oh, go on. I'm sorry. I just want to add one more aside because I got sidetracked, as sure. I want to do. I love that there's, like, bands that are comprised of, like, old men that are just still killing it every single day. Like, yeah. Ramstein well, is one of them. Well, that's the thing, yeah. I think people for so many years have viewed rock and metal as a young man's game, and that's just because it has been by default. Yes. We're only now starting to reach the age when a lot of the bands from before our time are reaching that advanced age and now some of them are proving they can still do it. Frank Sinatra, didn't he sing until he was 90? You hear about, did you hear that story on the news a couple years ago about the country singer who literally died of old age during one of his shows? And that's the thing, you know, if you ask a layperson to describe sort of a metal band or think about like what the first image that comes to mind is when I say metal band, you probably think of a bunch of punk ass teenagers in a garage just wailing on their instruments. And I'll tell you what, I think that that kind of was the case for a while because everyone knows the tragedy that was the early two thousands for metal. And now there's so many bands like, the Boys in Exodus, or, you know, Creator, Sodom, I said Ramstein before, mm-hmm. Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. And they're New getting Iron the, Maiden album this year. Yeah, which is, well, you know my thoughts on Iron Maiden. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> we don't have all the same opinions, and no. that's fine. Yeah, well, that actually, I think that's kind of refreshing, honestly. Sure. But what I'm saying is that so many of these bands that are getting up there in age are still killing it and are still fresh to this day. And I think that's awesome that we are going to experience that for the first time, like old man metal bands. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet, hey, as to long, the extent of my knowledge. I would say as long as the performance is still there, I'll drink to that. Fuck yeah, dude. Beer number two okay, already. Absolutely. So this is Abbey Double, Flying Fish Brewing Company. Ooh, I think I've heard of Flying yeah, Fish. And this What's their location? Flying... No, I bet I'm thinking of Flying Dog. Whoops. Oh, okay. <laughs> Flying Dog. What's with all the flying shit with beers? Oh, this one, this, dude, this one is 7.2% alcohol. Even more than the first. Ooh. You know, Do you taste maple in there? I almost, I definitely taste some hints of chocolate. But it's remarkably smooth, actually. This is like whiskey without the bite. Yeah, dude, this is, it reminds me of like, think of a light stout yeah, I could see that. Wow, this is delicious. All right, I'm glad you enjoy. So those were my two beers for the evening. Even though ShopRite, my local ShopRite, made me buy six, but <laughs> we're going to be having two for there, this episode. So there's plenty more beer in the future, sounds like. Yeah, oh, for sure. Hell yeah. So, Tom, when someone talks about the typical Judas Priest sound, what are they talking about? See, that's the <coughs> thing, because... That's a loaded question, honestly. Right, and they could be referring to a lot of different things. What does Judas Priest sound like? And someone might say, they sound like fucking painkillers! Yeah, man, that's the thing, like... someone else will give you a totally different answer. Maybe they'll say, Judas Priest, breaking the law, breaking the law. Dang, now! If you asked me at the beginning of their career what they sounded like, I'd tell you, I don't know, fucking Ted Nugent? 
<laughs> and if you asked me in 1982, I would tell you, dude, those guys are straight fucking heavy metal, man. Mm-hmm. And then if you asked me, Painkiller came out because I don't know when Painkiller was that late, mid to late 80s. Say 1990. Oh wow, I was way off. Mm-hmm. If you told me that, I'd say, dude, those guys are the heaviest fucking band. Yeah, yeah, and just righteous, bro. Like if you—that's the only thing I can think of when I think of Painkiller's. Like, dude, these riffs are righteous. Yeah, and this band has gone through so many different musical elements over the years, and their willingness to experiment is a big part of their staying power because their albums all sound pretty different from each other, and you can sort of fulfill a lot of different musical cravings all with one band. And I think that's part of why, when I discovered them early into my own musical journey, they appealed to me so much because they were trying so many different types of sounds that it gave me a broad exposure. One thing you gotta give to them is that they have never been stagnant in their careers. Sure. Now, they've You're... had some duds, for sure, but yep. they, they are constantly reinventing themselves and reinventing their sound in a way that is consistent with the themes and motifs that they've always written about and the kind of music they've written one thing about Priest that I really love is that every time an album comes out, you know it's going to be different than the one that came before it. Yeah, almost every time. You might find a couple here and there that sound alike, but definitely not three in a row. And like you said, I won't try to claim that they have a 100% success rate. One thing I w- It's important to note how much they've experimented because it keeps them from getting bored and getting stale and it keeps them from sounding stale and it keeps the listener from getting bored. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, their older bands, they kind of become set in their ways. Like This you, is the new Overkill album. Yeah. It sounds like an Overkill album. <laughs> and that's the thing, it's like, I remember you told me that there are bands like Overkill that are review-proof bands, where <laughs> if it's like, okay, this is an Overkill album, and if you like Overkill, you'll probably like this too. Yep, and, and if you don't like Overkill, then there's probably no reason to listen to it. Exactly. It's like, it's like this album doesn't need a review, because you already know whether or not you like it. And if the quality is consistent, then it's like, Okay, fine. This is what it is. I remember years and years ago, I heard a joke about ACDC. Another thing I'm pretty sure you told me <laughs> about, at the time, they had just dropped their new an album. What was that? 2009, I think it was. I don't quite Ooh, remember. I remember that. Yeah, one. and Angus Young, in an interview, said, I'm really tired of people saying that ACDC has 10 albums that sound exactly the same. We have 11 albums that sound exactly the same. <laughs> so even they're <laughs> in on the joke at this point. You gotta love, you gotta love yeah. when they don't take themselves too seriously. It's phenomenal that, like, they they have that level of self-awareness. Oh, man. Yeah, but you can never accuse Priest of that. And listen, say what you will about 90s Judas Priest, I will contend till the end of my days that Tim Owens was one of the best vocalists they've ever had. Number two out of two. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, does Al Atkins? Are you sure? Wait, they no. didn't have. It was just um, Halford and. Um, there was Al Atkins before Halford joined the band. Okay, well, I have he, no idea who that is, so he probably yeah. Was very... Well, it's it's a it's a footnote in their history because oh, he gotcha. never made it onto a recorded album. Okay, he has some songwriting credits. You know, I'll give him the credit where credit is due as being part of the founding. Mm. But yeah, for most fans, you know, Halford begins and ends Judas Priest. Pretty much, man. I think that he's definitely the metal god. Yeah, the metal god. Just the contributions that he's made to heavy metal cannot possibly be understated. And that's just him. And then there's the rest of the band, Mm -hmm. which I think they really changed metal for the better. Of course. And that's just the thing. Maybe we'll get into this in our future episodes, but Judas Priest was there at the founding of metal almost like there was Sabbath before them, Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin, the Forefathers, their influences, Hendrix as well. But Judas Priest definitely was the one there to pick up the slack once Black Sabbath went off the rails. And they were so experimental and broad because at the time there was no typical heavy metal sound. It was a brand new genre. We didn't have Slayer yet. We didn't have Cannibal Corpse yet. We didn't have those bands that nowadays are have such a ubiquitous sound that they've been copied time and time again. Judas Priest was a pioneer. They were sort of the ones who had to invent these ideas from scratch. Yeah, I will say that K.K. Downing and Glenn Tipton are highly innovative guitar players. Just the people they inspired and the techniques they employed and the way they wrote, the way they... Just the way they worked together as guitar players was phenomenal. And I think that Judas Priest was the first band to embrace the term heavy metal. They described they themselves have. They described themselves as a heavy metal band. When Black Sabbath first premiered, Tony Iommi, the first time he heard the word heavy metal was in an interview. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What's heavy metal? Judas Priest celebrates metal culture and... They don't shy away from the label, and they never have. You know, they have always done what they do for the love of metal. They have been open about it in interviews, you know, and that makes them sort of the unofficial ambassadors of the entire genre. You know, they stand for the love of the music. They stand for the fashion and the iconography of heavy metal. And Rob describes himself as just as metal as it can be, this band doesn't cop out and say, oh, we're just hard rock. Uh, We're for everyone. It's like, no, they're fucking metal, and they want to be fucking metal. Absolutely, dude. And I love seeing footage from their concerts in the 80s where they're just like, well, hope you're ready for a little heavy metal this time. And like, dude, that's so awesome. Uh, I like how you do the Halford inflection, how at the end of a sentence he'll just rise the octaves a few levels. (laughs) Dude, the way that guy talks is incredible. But it's like, ladies and gentlemen, the priest is back. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so awesome. And like, they unironically, unabashedly embrace it. It's phenomenal. A Judas Priest concert is unlike anything you will ever experience in your life. Absolutely. And, wow, we've got so much to talk about. Yeah, I think that is a great introduction. So if you want to hear us gushing and just talking metal and drinking beer, you know, if we didn't lose you yet, 
you know, we're about to get into some of our favorite priest songs with the next few episodes. So, until next time, stay locked in and keep defending the faith. <laughs>